All right, so yes, you can clap for the offering. <laughs> um, our senior leader's been on a wonderful vacation, and he is back, and I'm, for one, glad he's back. So let's welcome our senior leader, Caleb Hires, back up here. Thank you, Tracy. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back. Oh, my goodness. If I don't know you, hello, hi, my name's Caleb. Uh, if you came in the last month, we probably have never met, you know, because I've been gone, and it's been great. Uh, just had an incredible time with my family and was able to rest, and I'm really, really thankful for the team here who let me do that, because uh, this church is only three years old in a couple weeks. Three years old, and we were able to cover a whole, almost a month of everything at three campuses. I mean, that's just incredible. So some shout-outs. I got to give a shout-out to our executive team, Tracy Irwin and Scott Smiley. Amazing. Thank them. Yeah, so thankful for them. All our campus pastors, Jimmy and Gigi Borrego, Abraham Villanueva, and Eric Sue, our campus pastors, holding it down every week. And then a special shout-out to Pastor Philip because they threw an entire VBS without me even being here, which is just awesome. It's proven I'm doing my job. They don't need me, which is good. But here's the thing I want to say about that. Six kids decided to be water baptized for the first time. Come on. Amazing. And so many other testimonies from that. But that's just so good and really thankful. Uh, just a little bit of context. We didn't, like, announce I was leaving. or I didn't really leave. I just stayed. My house was, like, five minutes from here. But we, we unplugged, you know? And it wasn't because anything was going wrong or anything. I have pastors. Uh, I have three overseers. And they sat me down. They're like, hey, we have 85 years of ministry experience between the three of us. And I burnt out at 20 years. He burnt out at 17. He burnt out at 19. And we had to go on sabbatical because we were ready to punch people in the face every time we saw something. That's how it happens usually. People take sabbaticals because they're ready to, you know, wreck somebody at the smallest little thing. They're tired. You know, anybody, anybody been tired before? Yeah. You need a break? Yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, Caleb, you're not burnt out. You're doing really well. Why don't you start the habit of resting now so that you never feel like you need to punch somebody in the face every time you get up there and preach? How about that? I was like, hmm, seems like a good plan, you know? So took a few weeks off. This is been four weeks since I've preached, so watch out. Y'all are in trouble. You know, it's been like a little bit, but it's been amazing, and I don't know. I lead a place called The Resting Place, so I should probably figure that part out too, you know, how to rest. Anyway, so really thankful to the team, and I wakeboarded a lot, just to let you know. I was apparently eating a lot too. I gained 15 pounds. I don't know where it is. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> the regulars are like, whoa. I don't know where it is either. It's in, in my hair. I don't know. A, a tan gives you weight. I don't know. I don't know. But <clears throat> I had a great time. It was fun. And honestly, I love you all, but I, didn't even, I couldn't even spell TRP for three weeks. I couldn't even spell it. I didn't even, I just put it in a box and I was able to truly rest because I didn't have to worry about anything because of our amazing team. So good. Such a gift to me. So anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you. And to all our serve team members who stepped up and did so much, one, 
even today, we're, we're a little light on serve team members today, and I got to give her a shout out. Hope back here, Hope on the computer. She's from Wesley Chapel. It's Spring Hill, right? Tarpon Springs. She drove from Tarpon Springs to cover this morning. She's done both, and she's going to serve tonight in Wesley Chapel. I mean, that's just awesome. It's because of team members like her and everybody who just stepped up that I was able to take that break, so I'm really grateful for it. And today we're starting a new series. I wrote this sermon a month ago uh, so that I didn't have to write one while I was gone. And yeah, I looked at it yesterday, don't worry. And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, really been feeling the Lord uh, in those few weeks before I left, press on my heart this idea that there is a pure version of religion. And we're gonna start this series called Pure Religion. Anybody ever been called religious? I've been called religious before. I was called religious last week on Facebook. Somebody literally, it felt like a Jedi statement. They're like, I sense religion in you. And I was like, well, you have no idea who I am. You don't know me. If you knew me, you would not be saying that. I freak people out with my freedom, all right? I am, uh, it worries my friends how free I am, okay? So with that being said, we need to talk about this, that there is a pure religion. The problem is not religion, actually. It's perverted religion. That's the problem. There is a biblical way to be religious, and it's not what you think. It's not fasting a lot. It's not reading your Bible. It's not praying. It's not raising your hands in worship. It's not what you think. But it is in black and white, and we should know what it is. And the, the thing about it is we need to fight against legalism, but we need to be religious about certain things. I am very religious according to the Bible. I know you're like, look at you. No way. Yes, I am. I am. Let's read it. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 27. If you're new here, this is your first day. I refuse to apologize. I'm just letting you know. We're going to read a lot of scripture, okay? And you might not be used to a lot of Bible on Sunday mornings anymore. I noticed that trend. There's like the one scripture. No, we're going to read scriptures, like passages, multiple of them. So that might be a little different, but it's okay. You'll be all right. It's good for you. And then I was watching on Facebook. Don't just change the channel because I'm reading the Bible and not saying hyped up things. The Bible matters. Yes. Anyway, this is what it says. James 1, 19 through 27. It says, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man, say every man. That means woman too, every man and woman. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Say, does not produce. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Say useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit 
orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. That's pure and undefiled religion. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say going to church. I'm glad you came to church today. That's awesome. I'm glad you're watching online. That's great. But that's not religion. It might help you be religious. It might help you. It might inspire you towards it, but it's not religion. Pure religion is very simple. Care for others and keep yourself from being blemished by the world's values. This word in the Greek for religion actually means external observance. There's an external, as in people should see it. People should know. You're like, oh, I don't want to do it. So I don't want to be seen. I don't want to. Well, there is an external observance of religion that is not to be seen. But if you're seen, you shouldn't be freaking out about it and acting like, you know, whatever. That's called false humility. This word is for ceremony or worship. So pure ceremony, pure worship, pure ex external observation of the truth that you hold in your heart is to care for widows and orphans and to keep yourself unblemished from the world system. This is what we're going to talk about the next few weeks. But I love with the Amplified Classic how it puts it. This James 1.27. That's the anchor verse. James 1.27. It says, external religious worship, religion as it is expressed in outward acts that is pure and unblemished in the sight of God the Father is this, to visit and help and care for the orphans and widows in their affliction and need and to keep oneself unspotted and uncontaminated from the world. Say external. That means you do something. It's not just, oh, I believe. I'm a believer. Okay, faith without works is dead. Do something. Because I believe, I do certain things. Because of what's been done to me by the Lord, because of the gift I have, I give. Are you with me? That's not, that's, that's not bad. It's called religion. But, you know, anybody been called that before? You're just religious, you know? I guarantee you when they called you that, you weren't caring for widows and orphans. That's so religious of you to care for the poor. Nobody says that. No, they don't. Because it, what's happened is the word religion has been hijacked by a spirit called legalism. Okay? There's a difference between legalism and religion. Legalism the definition, like Merriam-Webster's definition, is dependence on moral law rather than on personal faith. Depending upon a rule book instead of faith. Did you know the law is not of faith? You don't need any faith to obey the rules. None. None. The Bible says now that faith has come, we are no longer under the law. Now that faith has come, the person of faith, Jesus Christ, he is faith. He is the author and the perfecter of faith. Faith is used as a noun in Galatians there for a reason. Now that he has come, we have a relationship with the person of faith, we're not under the law. But legalism puts you right back under the law and makes you dependent upon the right thing in order to be righteous. And makes you dependent upon the moral law, not on faith. Religion is what we've said. It's caring for others, those who need it, and keeping yourself from being blemished by the world because of faith. It's out of your faith that you do these things, okay? Legalism loves to be seen as right. Religion does what's right no matter who sees it. Legalism just wants to be seen. Oh, I was right about that. I did the right thing. Uh, gold star, please. Thank you. Post my bragamony, I mean testimony on Facebook as often as I have it. 
Legalism loves to say true stuff. Spit the facts. Talk about what is actually going on. Religion loves to speak the truth in love. It speaks the truth in love. Okay, there's a difference. Just saying you did this and you did this and you did this is not the same as speaking the truth in love. Love calls you up, not out. Love calls you up, says you're way better than that. You can do better. No, that's not who you are. Here's who you are. I love you enough to tell you that's not good and it's not you. Here's who you are. Legalism says, you dirty, wretched, filthy thing. Look what you did. Here's the rule. You missed it. How dare you? You're just worthless. That's legalism. Now, you might be dealing with a little confrontation of, like, your history in church. Good. Okay? Because it's been hijacked. It's been hijacked. Legalism is for righteousness. I'm reaching for it. Religion is from Christ's righteousness. Because of his righteousness, I will do something. Here it is. Legalism is attempting to be right by doing right things. Religion is doing the right thing because you've been made right with God. Religion is doing the right thing because you've been made right with God. It's out of gratitude. I've been given life. I'm going to give it away. When people say, they say things like, that's a religious spirit, you know. I sense religion in you. Like that guy on Facebook. <laughs> he said it that way. I was like, maybe because I was watching Star Wars, it hit me like a Jedi statement. I don't know. I watched the entire Star Wars thing chronologically. And I have a theory about the Skywalker line, how it was an unnatural thing in the Force, and the Force was trying to balance itself. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. It was that same day that I finished that, so maybe that's why, but... Religious spirit, religion is usually termed in, you know, the negative, right? And they're actually referring to something entirely different. They're referring to the spirit of legalism. They're referring to the spirit the Pharisees operated from, the Sadducees, the scribes, the scholars of the day, the pastors and church leaders of Jesus' day. They're referring to that because they were lawmen, okay? I'm a grace man. They were lawmen. All right. They were like, here's the rules. You didn't do it. You broke it. You're bad. You did a bad thing. You are a bad thing. That's legalism. Even Jesus was accused of, you know, well, he let his disciples break the law. You know, the, they were walking in the grain field on the Sabbath and they picked a head of grain to eat them. That's that was a breaking of the Sabbath and broke the law. And the Pharisees like, you shouldn't let them do that. And he said, listen, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. That's his rule. You understand? Like, it's his rule that he told Moses to write down. And he's like, nah, they're hungry. Religion, legalism. Pharisees were legalists. I'm here to help you today, okay? I'm here. The devil is a legalist. Revelation 12.10 says he's the accuser of the brethren. He's like a prosecuting attorney that accuses the believers, accuses you day and night before the throne. But Jesus looks at your record and goes, oh, I don't have that here. The devil's like, they did, and like, oh, let me pull up their name. Hold on. Nope, not in there. I don't see it in their history. Not there. Because he's forgotten your wicked ways. Even your future wicked ways, he's forgotten all of your sins were in the future when he forgot them. 2,000 years ago, right? 
and the devil's accusing, and Jesus is like, no, I don't, I, I don't know who you're talking about. It's not this person because that's not in, I, believe me, I'm God. I know everything, and that's not in there. That's how it works. They're like, well, how can he know everything and not know that? He has, in his sovereignty, erased it. Colossians 2, Hebrews 8, Jeremiah 31, if you need to check me, okay? The devil is the author of legalism. And when we accuse other people, we speak with the forked tongue of the enemy and not with the sword of the spirit that divides between joint and marrow. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you can call out something as wrong and not call someone wrong. Yeah? Like, there's boundaries, okay? Like, I'm not inviting Al-Qaeda to dinner. You know what I'm saying? I learned this from Danny Silk. Great example. All right? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not coming to my table. Why? Because I would call them dangerous. You know, I'd say, those are dangerous people. They're not coming. They don't, I don't want them to know where I live. You know, what if I make them mad? <laughs> they know where I live. You know? But I'm... Not condemning people who are in Al-Qaeda. I'm broken for them. They're deceived into thinking it's good to kill. I'm not mad at the political people that I, that I think are wrong. Even the egregiously wrong stuff, I'm brokenhearted for them. Because they are doing what they think is right. And I think it's harmful. And that breaks my heart. Are you with me? This is the difference. So that's wrong. And you're better. And my God thinks you're to die for. He already did. Jesus called out the pastors and church leaders of his day, the Pharisees, for their legalism. And we need to call out the legalism in our church and in our community. Like, if you think of someone differently after they do something wrong, you've got legalism in your heart. It's been four weeks. I'm not going to apologize, okay? Just cutting straight to it. Like, if your view of someone changes because they do something bad, you're not treating them the way Jesus treats them. It's easy to love people. I'll help you. Treat them the way Jesus treats them. See them the way Jesus sees them to die for. It's easy to, be, it's easy to love those who hurt you. Just forgive them, Father. They know not what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. If they knew what they were doing, they wouldn't do it. If the devil knew what he was doing, he wouldn't have killed Jesus. If the Pharisees knew what they were doing, they wouldn't have killed Jesus. Come on. He talked straight to him. He said in John 5, 39 through 40, he said to those legalists, those pastors and church leaders, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. He's saying, you search the rule book thinking that's going to give you something you need. I am the walking Torah. I'm the Torah on two legs. I am the Messiah. I, they're all talking about me. They're all pointing to me, man. And I'm here to tell you about who God really is. That was a glimpse. That was a piece. That was a part. It wasn't the whole picture. Jesus is the whole picture. Be careful you build your theology off of one scripture. Or one, especially Old Testament scripture. Yeah. Yeah, like, or if you get upset with people, like, we'll, we'll keep it funny for a second because we'll get serious in a second. You get upset with people for having tattoos because the Bible says you shouldn't. Yeah, that's Leviticus. 
Yeah. You read the rest of the chapter, you're not supposed to sit in a chair that a woman has sat in during her menstruation period. You have to stand when a gray-haired man walks in the room, and you can't wear any clothing with two types of garment in it. We need to sell these chairs. Nobody stood when my dad walked in, and you all should get naked because you're lawbreakers. You do that, I'll get my tattoos erased. Cool? No? Mm-hmm. Well, Galatians says one guilty of breaking one part of the law is guilty of breaking all of the law. It says all who try to live by the law are under a curse because you can't obey it. The law was a tutor that brought us to Christ, but now that faith has come, we are not under the law. Hello? Come on. You need to recognize the person of faith in Jesus Christ and move out of relation to him, his heart. Does this grieve the spirit or not? That was what I was called religious for, by the way. I said, we shouldn't grieve the spirit of God. They're like, I sent for a legend on you. It's like, uh, you sense the Bible in me. Like, New Testament, New Covenant, relevant scripture. Yeah, it's there, dude. Don't grieve the spirit. Like, well, that's just, that's just religious. I'm like, no, no. When I hurt somebody, when I mean to one of God's kids, it grieves the spirit. When I turn my eye away from the poor and say, I'm not going to, that's not my problem, grieves the spirit. When I use somebody for my own gains, it grieves the spirit. He's like, well, when you put it that way. I'm like, that's what it means. <laughs> you think that looking in the rule book is going to get you right with God? You're way off. Way off. Religion is actually true spirituality in action. Okay? True spirituality in action. You do something because of your spirituality. You're not just humming and, and you know, sitting and believing and praying and reading. You actually are compelled to help others. Your spirituality hits your feet and you go and you do something. That's pure religion. In Isaiah, God is talking to the people of Israel. This is the Old Testament, all right? Isaiah 58, God is speaking to the people of Israel and it's like at other parts, points in Isaiah, he says, your religious stuff, your, your ceremonies, the way you're doing it, disgusts me. He literally says, I think it's the message paraphrase. He says, I hate your songs. I hate your songs. Stop singing them. So it's like, I close my ears. One translation says, I stuff my ears when you pray. Yeah. Because it's like, it's noisy. It's awful. I hate it. Why? Because they're trying to be right by doing the right thing. And they're saying they're pleasing God because they came to church today. And he's trying to convince them, no, 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 I've always been pleased with you. You just don't believe me. In fact, Jesus proved that God was never mad at you. He's always madly in love with you. Some people preach the gospel this way. We were dirty, we were wretched, we were awful, which is true, that part. We started good and we got perverted because the devil can't create, he can only pervert. Okay, the devil hijacked the human race in the fall with Adam and Eve. All right? And then we needed to be rescued from ourselves because we were hurting each other. We were devouring each other. It was awful. Okay? Man without God is a pretty scary thing. Right? Anybody of you have some BC days? Like you didn't care who you hurt? You didn't care what you did? Yeah? Come on. One person is telling the truth. <laughs> no. I know. Right? You could sin. It didn't even hurt your heart. You're like, whatever. You, you, you know. You were greedy, you didn't care, it was all about you, right? Yeah, that was the whole state of mankind. And some people preached that God was 
enraged at mankind, hated mankind. So somebody had to die. So he killed his son and his son defeated death and rose again. That's not the gospel. That's the spirit of legalism perverting the gospel. Here's the gospel. God was always and will always be madly in love with you. He made man and called it very good. And then the devil came and tried to convince us otherwise. And we acted not like our father, but like the father of lies. And Jesus came and proved how much God loves us. God didn't start loving you at the cross. He proved his love for you at the cross. God wasn't mad and then now he's happy because of what Jesus did. He was always in love with you. He always called you his child. And when you believe what Jesus did, you don't pay for your own sins. You get to enter into, by belief, by way of faith, you get to enter into the knowing of his pleasure for you, not the attaining of his pleasure. You enter into the revelation of his love for you, not the attainment, not the, not the you know, you know what I'm saying? Not the grabbing hold of it. It's not that you earned his love when you said yes to Jesus. No, his love was revealed to you because you said yes to Jesus. He said, I've always loved you. I'll prove it. My God thinks your worst enemy is to die for. This situation is not new. It's all the way back to Isaiah's day in Israel where they thought if we if we keep everybody on the straight and narrow, we do the right thing, then God will be pleased with us. And they were seeing a partial picture. They weren't seeing the whole picture. The law is not of faith. Are you with me? And they thought things like fasting, please God, like God's mad, but I fasted so he's not mad. You don't think that's in the church today? Oh, yes, it is. Ooh, I did a bad thing. I better read my Bible. You don't even remember the bad thing you did. Check me, man. Hebrews chapter 8, Jeremiah 31, Colossians 2, 9 through 15. Check me. This is what Isaiah says from the Lord. He says, is this not the fast that I choose? See, your fasting is annoying. He says, is this not the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and to not hide yourself from your own flesh? Hashtag that's your family that you don't like, okay? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healings shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. When? When you put your spirituality in action. When you care for others, then your healing will spring up. Righteousness will go for you. The glory of the Lord will surround you. Signs and wonders will follow you. It's easy. This is, this, is, this is the battle we have. Are you ready? We need to refuse legalism, but hold on to absolute truth. Because there are people saying things like this. Your truth. I, I hope this offends you. There's the truth. I hope it hurts your heart. I hope it cuts you deep enough to heal you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You understand? I'm not mad at anybody in here. I'm not mad at anybody in the world. I'm not mad. I don't have enough time to be mad, all right? I got two boys and a wife. I got no time to be mad at people, okay? And a lawn and a wakeboarding career I'm working on. 
But there is wickedness. Pure and simple wickedness out there right now. Wickedness. Like in Europe, they're telling five-year-olds they can choose whether they're a boy or a girl. Right now. Probably today. My four-year-old thinks he's a dinosaur on Monday, a puppy on Tuesday, all right? I thought I was Spider-Man when I was that age, right? Spider-Man. My wife's, my wife's not in the front row, but my mom is in the front row, and she can tell you. I'd climb on walls. I had a whole body suit. I mean, I was Spider-Man. Now, how silly would it have been for her to just be like, oh, that's right, Caleb. You are Spider-Man. Go ahead. Don't let anyone tell you you can't shoot webs out of your wrist. Don't let anyone tell you you can't climb a wall. Don't let anyone tell you you can't leap off a building. Don't let anyone tell you you can't fight bad guys at night. Don't let anyone tell you that you're above the law and you're a vigilant. That's wrong. No, no, no. You're Spider-Man. In fact, let's find other kids who think they're Spider-Man. And let's start a group. And what we'll do is make sure that nobody tells these kids who are Spider-Man that they can't shoot webs, they can't jump off of buildings, and we'll encourage them to jump off of buildings, and we'll call it a hate crime when someone says don't jump. Don't you dare hate my kid telling me he can't jump off a building and climb a wall. He is Spider-Man. That's his truth. That is what's going on right now, y'all. Don't tell my son that he can't choose to be a woman. Last night, I watched in the Olympics. I know none of you are because it's a big boycott, whatever. I like it. I like the Olympics. Okay. I'm full, you know, face painted, cheering in my living room. No, I'm kidding. But I'm excited. Right? guy named Caleb Dressel just won like six gold medals. He's from Florida, has my name. That's what's up. Redeeming Florida man for Google's sake, you know, redeeming that. Yeah, I love the Olympics, hate the commercials. I hate them. First of all, I just don't like commercials because, you know, I'm a millennial. And the stuff that's in there. Last night, I'm watching a medication commercial. I had to rewind it four times. I rewound it four times to make sure I heard it right. A commercial for a medication. And in this commercial, the dude says, now this medication is not safe for those assigned female at their birth. I rewound it. I was like, wow. not safe for those assigned female at the birth. And I was like, oh, come again? Ain't no hospital assigned me my gender. No doctor gave me my chromosomes and my gender. I was knit together in my mother's womb. Before the foundation of the earth, I was known. I was created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God made me this way on purpose. I don't get to decide because it's Tuesday and I have a feeling. Thank God my mom didn't say, yeah, you're Spider-Man. I would not be a well-adjusted adult. You understand? Probably would have broken a few things jumping off buildings while she cheered from the bottom. You're laughing, but that is the, I'm exposing the principle here. It is damaging to tell a child you can choose your gender. No, damaging. I, I'm not even sorry, Facebook. 
I'm not. I'm not. If we don't say there is absolute truth and refuse legalism, which demonizes people we disagree with, we are not walking in pure religion. You hear the difference here? Listen, those people telling those kids that, I am broken for them. I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad at them. I'm like, oh my gosh, something in you, you think that's good. And you're hurting them. You're hurting little ones trying to do the right thing. I'm praying for that person. I'm not going, how dare you, shame on you. No, I say shame off you. There is a proper and right form. There is a way. His name is Jesus. Truth is not your truth, my truth. It's a person named Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the righteous. Yeshua is his Hebraic name, Joshua, Yeshua. He's Yahweh. He's God. And God decides what is true and what is not. Our revelation of that truth is unfolding. I'm not saying we understand everything or we got it all right. I'm saying there is absolute truth, and it's in the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ, period. And if that offends you, good. He's called the stumbling block of offense for a reason. Jesus is extremely offensive. Like, I can't go back to the church. That pastor is so offensive. Well, the kingdom is not retreating. It's advancing. It's on offense. And when the church takes a back seat, guess what happens? This, the state of things. You understand? When we're on our rapture rug waiting to get out of here, like to heaven with us, to H-E double hockey sticks with all of them, orphans, widows, doesn't matter, Jesus is coming. Poor, homeless, no big deal, Jesus is coming. Hang on, here he comes. That leaves a vacuum, and someone stands up and gives the truth. We need to be in action, true spirituality in action. Because I have a connection with Holy Spirit, I'm going to take action. Some of you are uncomfortable with this, and I'm glad, okay? But this is love. God is love. Love is not love. And love is not God. God is love. In that order for a reason. Love is not God. God is love. And if God says don't do that, it's because it will hurt you. And he loves you enough to tell you. If my son is running headlong into traffic, Judah, and he's got some legs on him, he can run, all right? And he's going headlong into traffic. I don't know where he got the legs from. Booking it towards the street. And I go, hey, Judah, stop. And he doesn't. What's going to happen? Stop, right? I'm going to get elevated. Come on, any parents know what I'm talking about? I'm not mad at him. I'm protecting him. So stop. What if he doesn't stop? I'm going to maim him with a tackle before I'm going to let him run into traffic. I might break an arm jumping on top of him, but at least his head, his brain stay in his head. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, no, it's his truth. Let him run. The reason this has made its way in is because the church is stuck in legalism and doesn't even know what her religion is supposed to be. And the world is reacting. Ugh, I don't want any of that. Those are religious people. 
Mm -hmm. Listen to it in the Passion Translation. James 1.27 says, True spirituality that is pure in the eyes of our Father God is to make a difference in the lives of the orphans and widows in their troubles and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. That's what we're going to talk about, that verse, for the next few weeks. What is a modern-day widow? Because there's a, it might be a little different than you think. Yes, there's literal widows, and then there's just the same impact is present as that day, okay? What are modern-day orphans? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Everywhere. And if you're not doing something about it, you don't have your spirituality in action. And you're like, what can I do? At least you can pray. You don't have resources. You don't have a home you can bring them into. My wife and I, we're not in a stage in our life where we could handle that. But we give and we pray. If you don't think prayer is effective, then we need to have a different conversation. You should do something. Hello? And you should refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. Like, do whatever you want. It's all about you. It's, you know, just whatever feels right. Oh, you feel it, then you are it. Well, I have these feelings. Okay, I want to donkey kick people in the throat on I-4, but that doesn't mean... Hello? Anybody driven? Like malfunction junction, you know, 275, that whole thing. Oh, the worst. Especially now, because like 9 million people moving to Florida, and they don't know how to handle it. We know how to handle it. They don't know how to handle it. Seriously, I was on I-75, and I noticed in the span of five minutes, seven different state license plates. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> None of them understand. <laughs> yeah? But should you coddle my wanting to donkey kick people in the throat thing? Would that be loving me? Oh, Caleb, it's okay. We found some other donkey kick people. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you, you, you know, you can't do that. It's just, the, that's, you were born this way, wanting to donkey kick people in the throat. It's okay. I know. Okay. I love you enough to tell you that there is the truth and nothing but the truth. And he wants to help you. His name is God. Yeshua. Yahweh. He's made a way for you to know he loves you. And you might have come today thinking you're satisfying God with some type of religious ceremony. Going to church. But God is not an angry man on a cloud waiting for you to do the right thing. He's not. My God thinks you're to die for. Find me one other religion, just one, that claims their God died for their people and rose again. Find me one. Find one. There are prominent... Oh, start to say stuff, and I know it's the Lord, and I don't want to say it, but whatever. Sorry. Just having a moment. It's been four weeks. Give me a break. There are prominent Christian leaders coming out, literally writing online, Buddha is Christ just as much as Jesus is Christ. It's called apostasy, just so you know. Buddha is Christ, Muhammad is Christ, all this stuff. These are just different manifestations of the Spirit of God. Prominent Christian people. If I said their name, you'd probably know them. Half the room would know them. Yeah. We have to hold on to absolute truth and not be legalists at the same time. That's pure religion. Say, no, man, I'm sorry. Only one.
person died. Buddha never died for me. Never even claimed to rise from the dead. Never even made the claim. Find one other religion where they make the claim. You won't. Because it's so radical. No one would believe it unless they'd seen it with their own eyes. And we are those who follow the way. It's been passed down from the first disciples. See how important this is? That we walk this thing out right? That we explain God is not mad at people. He's madly in love with them. Jesus didn't wait for you to get it all right to come and die for you. He died for your sins, rose again to give you the Holy Spirit before you did anything right and before you did anything wrong. Everyone in this room, everyone watching online, don't think he's waiting in heaven now for you to get it right either. He's just saying, hey, you're my kid. Come home. Be with me. You know what I didn't do during my whole vacation? I think I already told you. I didn't fast, that's for sure. I didn't, like, study a book of the Bible. I didn't. I hung out with Jesus and my family. Like yesterday, I was on a boat with my kids, and I had a revelation. I wasn't, like, teaching my sons about the boat the whole time. I wasn't explaining every single thing I saw. I wasn't making sure they understood all the rules the entire time. There were moments of it, but mostly, majority of the time, just sitting with them in the sunshine, saying, I love this, and that's God. That's what God does. He sits with you and he's like, oh, I love you. Like, what, I did a wrong thing. I don't remember it. I love you. But I haven't even read my Bible yet. He's like, you think that makes me love you? How weird. What else does he have to do except die and rise again to prove his love for you? What else? Would you stand? I'm going to have Miriam come up and the prayer team come down. And this is the time where we're just going to respond to this. I believe that when the word is spoken, we should respond. So I'm asking everyone, once you get settled and stood up, to close your eyes and ask the Lord, what is my response to be? Right now. Go ahead. Close your eyes. And I want you to pray and ask Holy Spirit, what is my response to be? Is there something in my heart? Is there some lie in my heart or my head that says, you're more pleased with me, God, when I do the right thing? Is there something in me that makes me look different at people because they do the, the wrong thing? Is there any legalism in me, Lord? If there is, break it. These are, I'm telling you what to pray. Lord, show it to me and break it. I don't want any part in that perverted religion. I want the pure thing, the thing that makes me care for others, the thing that makes me hold on to truth, the thing that separates my heart from selfishness, greed, and disaster. Help me, Lord. Come on, just pray to the Lord for a minute. We're gonna pray for just a minute. We're gonna sing a chorus. But if you're here or you're watching online and you have never met the person of Jesus Christ and you have never received his love. Maybe you heard today for the first time, God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. He thinks you're to die for. If you've never said yes to Jesus, he wants to give you a revelation of his love. He wants to give you his spirit today. He wants to give you righteousness, peace, and joy as a gift, not because you earned it, but the gift is waiting for you with your name on it. If you've never said yes to the Lord, as we sing, and even right now, this prayer team is here. 
Come down right now. Walk right now. Move your feet. Don't wait another second. They want to introduce you to the lover of your soul. If you have pain in your body and you need healing prayer, you want to see that God is real, a miraculous touch, walk down right now. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's looking around. Come to the altar right now. If you have pain, they're going to prove to you there's a God in heaven who wants to heal all your diseases. If you need prayer, agreement for finances, anything, come down right now. Don't wait. And if that's not for you, if, if you're not being pulled to come to receive prayer, lift your voice and let's sing. In, full of faith and wonder, I will say no other name but yours. So let's lift our voice. Let's respond to the Lord. Pray for those you know that need Jesus. Come on. Pray for those you know that are far from Him. Come on, sing it out. Full of faith and wonder. Wonder. Don't wait. If you don't know the Lord, get down here right now. If you don't know the Lord, write it in the comments on Facebook. I want to know Jesus. We have a team standing by. Come on, lift his name, Jesus. Come on, every voice. Sing full of faith and wonder. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm gonna, we're going to close in just a second. You can continue to receive prayer, but I feel like 
I'm going to take a risk. I feel like I got a word of knowledge. You don't need to indicate who you are. I don't even need to know. It's very sensitive. But I feel like somebody, this is very specific. So I'm either right or wrong. It doesn't matter. I just want to be obedient. I feel like somebody is, has problems in their, uh, it's like, it's, it's this area on your left side, your shoulder blades and your, um, it's like your arm. It's like the ability to move or whatever. And it's from neglect of your parents. Like they didn't do something or they, they hurt you or, or whatever. And I know that's really specific, but I just had to be obedient. If that's you, don't leave. God wants to heal your shoulder and your heart. He wants to heal both. If you're watching online, we have a team. If that's you, just say, hey, that's me with the shoulder thing. They will pray for you. If you have any other pain in your body or you have anything going on in your heart, you even you're like, I can't, I, this word, I don't understand how this works or that works. Come to the altar, pray with someone, talk to someone, ask for the Lord to crash in. But we're going to pull up the lights and we're just going to, walk out in this moment and say we'll respond that we'll walk in pure religion that when we see the hurting we'll help and we're going to ask the lord to show us how amen 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 make sure you get your kids from trp kids go to fresh start if you've never been sit and soak pray to the lord miriam's going to play a little bit come to the altar if you need prayer go talk to tracy about the jesus lab but have a great day we'll see you next week bless you bless you bless you